Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. My name is Maddie Murphy. I'm your host. And this is a special episode. We are getting into your spooky stories that you sent me. I asked for anything haunted, supernatural, um, anything you got. I wanted you to send it to me. And I was a little bit nervous at first, actually, to ask for these because I wasn't sure. I just didn't know if anybody would have anything to share. And boy, was I wrong. I got so many incredible submissions. Um, I'm going to say it now. Just let's just give this whole episode a trigger warning. We talk about spirits and some are evil and we there's a story about a murder. There's a lot going on. So I'm just going to say, don't listen to this with your kids. Um, don't listen to this at night and maybe don't listen to this alone. I don't know why today of all days I choose to record at night. Normally I record in the morning, but I guess I was just really... Uh, wanting to set the mood. So I'm recording all by myself. I'm actually going to scoot back because I feel like there's something behind me. Okay. Um, so I wanted to do a, a spooky episode and I want, what am I trying to say? We're going to be doing this all month. It's October. It's my favorite month. It's my birthday month. It's the best season. And I feel like this year I've been more into like fall activities than normal. And honestly, it's because it's all we have left. Okay. It's all 2020 has left is fall activities. And I've realized more and more as I've gotten older that I love nothing more than the chance to like create an experience for somebody else or and like for all of us to do together. That's why I love Chick Flick Madness, why I always want you guys to send in stories to the podcast. I like that we can all kind of do these things together at a time where none of us can actually be together. Does that make sense? Like if I had it my way and like the budget and the resources, I would throw us all a fall party every single day. I would load us up in a van. I'd buy us all pumpkin spice lattes and we would drive up the canyon listening to Mumford and Sons. That's what I want us to do all day, every day. It's all we have. Okay. So just give me the fall aesthetic. I want all of it. I hope that I can provide some of it for you guys this month. I'm going to do a lot of baking stuff. I want to do, you know, movie night, virtual movie nights, spooky podcasts, all of it. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as 
I enjoyed reading these stories. And oh man, I feel like I had something else. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. So this week was a little up and down for me. It was a great week because we celebrated Matt's birthday and we, you know, did some fun stuff for that. But then I kind of had a hard few days because people on the internet are just terrible. And I got some messages that really upset me. I I threw myself a little pity party for a couple nights. I turned off my DMs and I just am, I'm in the learning phase of all of this. I don't think that anybody is naturally good at taking criticism from strangers on the internet. And it's a, it's a weird feeling to be on this side of it and have observed people talking about this stuff for so long and be like talking about, you know, negative DMs and all these things. And now it's like happening to me and it's just, it's weird. And I mainly just want to say thank you because you guys went above and beyond um, messaging me, emailing me, like leaving nice reviews. You guys just really lifted me up at a time where I was like ready. I wasn't, I wasn't like going to quit. Like I wasn't going to do anything dramatic, but it crossed my mind for a second. And it was just, it was a, it was a rough couple days, but I am totally okay. I'm not mad or sad or anything anymore. And I mainly, yeah, just wanted to say thank you for putting in the effort to cheer me up because it really, it really did. I, now, not to be like now more than ever in 2020, but really now more than ever, like I crave anything that gives me a sense of community. Like any, I will never take it. Did you guys see that meme? That's like, Hey, I will never be late to a party ever again. Okay. I promise I'm there early. I'm there setting up. (laughs) Like normally I dread like social activities and now they are just the best part of life. So thank you for creating this, this, this weird little virtual friend group that I love so much and am so happy exists. So without further ado, let's just get into the scary stories. I am already spooked. I read these earlier today and my like, Oh, I, I was a little bit scared. So yeah, get your get your pumpkin flavored treats, snuggle up, turn on a, the fire, or if you're like me, just go to YouTube and YouTube a video of a fire, which is what we have to do. And let's get into these scary stories, okay? I want to say, oh, sorry, I was going to say this before <laughs> before we get into them. Sorry, I just, I let that hang for a minute and then did not start the story. I am not a skeptic when it comes to these things. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I, I'm i a pretty easy sell <laughs> on most things. Like I can't even make direct eye contact with the people at the kiosks at the mall because like I will believe them that that serum will heal my face. Like I'm just a really easy sell. So with these scary stories, they just, they exist uh, like in... <sighs> They exist is what I'm going to say. I just, I do believe that some people are more susceptible to seeing supernatural things. Some people are not. I personally have never had any experience that was like unexplainable. Like I've been on Ambien before and like seen shadow people, but obviously that was the Ambien, but I've never had anything really, really significant that pops out to me. I did do like dumb stuff as a kid. Like, you know, when you go in the bathroom and turn off the lights and say Bloody Mary and like freak your friends out. I like kind of did stuff like this, but I've mostly strayed away from anything horror, you know, anything about 
demonic possessions, anything like that. I like a good thriller. I'm more of a Gone Girl, Shutter Island type of movie watcher rather than like hereditary and I don't know, Saw. I, I don't like horror movies. I like scary. I like, well, I shouldn't say I like scary. I like thriller. I like psychological. I like true crime. That stuff I totally love. It's weird because I've always had really bad anxiety and it kind of doesn't make sense why I feed my brain with so much stuff like this. But I've explained it before. It, in a weird way, it kind of comforts me because it makes me feel prepared. When I listen to true crime, I feel like I become more aware and more prepared. Honestly, if I stopped listening to these things, I would probably, you know, raise my quality of life. But I just, I can't get enough. So I'm not here to be a skeptic. I am, I, uh, some of the stories that were sent, like maybe there was some explanation, like, you know, the dog did something and it felt like, I don't know. But for the most part, these are extremely vivid and I just think they're real. I, we listened to another podcast called Scared to Death. I've talked about it before where these two, um, well, it's a comedian, Dan Cummins and his wife, Lindsay, who's also super funny. They tell each other scary stories. And Dan says something that I was like, Total, that I totally agree with. He was talking about how like hundreds of years ago, we thought that when people were sick, they were possessed. Like that was our explanation for it. And so obviously as science, you know, what's the word? Uh, progressed. <laughs> as it progressed, we knew that it was disease and not demonic possession. So I wonder if like, well, this is what he said. If like a hundred years, 200 years in the future, we will look back and be like, oh, remember how we thought those were demons, but actually there's a very scientific explanation of that. Like maybe we all are able to see these things and science hasn't caught up with it yet. You know, like I am not under the belief that we are alone. <laughs> I am freaking myself out. I need to turn on more lights. Um, but I think that the, I don't, I don't know the answers to any of this. I don't, I don't have an explanation, but do I think that there's other you know, existences and universes and, you know, all of that? Absolutely. And do I think that sometimes they bump into ours? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm here for it. So, and I don't think they're always scary. Some of these you will hear are actually quite happy and you will see what I mean. Again, I am putting a warning at the beginning of this for just the whole episode. Don't listen with your kids or your parents because some of these get sexy and it's a little bit wild and you are going to want to listen to the end. So that's that's my my piece. That's that's what I have to say about all of this and now let's get into the stories. So she says, "I worked as a CNA for a year and had several spooky experiences there. I never really believed in this stuff until it actually happened to me. There were many CNAs who had told me they had heard voices and had other creepy experiences in a certain residence room." Day after day, different coworkers were telling me about scary things they had in that, in that room, and I didn't believe them. Well, soon I would find out that they were right. One night, we put this woman to bed really early. We were supposed to check on her every two hours, but this night was super busy, and a few hours had gone by. It was near the end of my shift, and I realized I hadn't checked on her for almost four hours. It was about 10 p.m., and I walked toward her room. I didn't knock on her door because I didn't want to wake her up. Outside the door, I heard no noise. I slowly opened the door, and I heard a man's voice. I sprinted down the hallway in the opposite direction, and I have never been so scared. I ran back to the office and was going to tell my coworkers that we needed to call this co the cops on this man who was in her room. As I was walking back, I was hoping that maybe one of my coworkers was in her was 
was the one in her room. But I got back to the office and everybody was there. One of my coworkers said she would come back to the room with me to see if she could hear it. We run back to the room, slowly open the door, and my coworker freaks out because she hears him too. Also, the resident had dementia and did not formulate full sentences, but she was talking in complete and normal sentences back to the man's voice. I opened the door all the way and turned on the light, expecting to face this unknown man who was in her pitch black room. We walk into the room and there's nobody in there except the resident. She is wide awake in her bed after being in bed for almost four hours, which she usually sleeps right, let's see, she usually sleeps right away and never wakes up. I ask her, were you talking to somebody? She said, yes. I beg her to tell me who she was talking to and she says, wouldn't you like to know? This was the creepiest thing that has ever happened to me, and I know that there was the voice of a man in her room that night. I wonder who it was. <laughs> okay, first of all, uh, retirement homes, like old folks' homes, I feel like are just swarming with paranormal activity. Like little, you know, whatever your belief system in the afterlife or whatever, I do feel like the majority of stories that I hear are from about little kids and old people. And I don't think that that's a mistake. I think that they tend to be closer to other things, other, you know, worlds, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Like, I totally think that. So old folks homes where people are, you know, dying, they're close to dying. I don't know. I just think that these are are one I I don't know like I said at the beginning I have no problem believing these I'm not here to dispute this that was a ghost in this lady's room <laughs> and I would be scared oh my gosh I'm scared still okay next she says I saw your IG post about spooky stories this is a spooky thing that happened to me last summer my husband's family has been going to the same lake house in Greensboro, Vermont for the past 30 years. I usually go up for a few nights to stay at their house with his parents and sister, but since we got married last year, we decided to stay at an Airbnb. One afternoon, we were driving through a rural... Is that not... That is... I don't hate a lot of words, but I hate the word rural just because it's impossible to say. We were driving through a rural area on our way to the lake house when all of a sudden, a little boy runs out into the middle of the road. There are no other people around and he looks alarmed. So were we, obviously. So we stopped to see what's up. I noticed that his clothing looks like it's from another era. He is wearing an old-timey button-up white-collared shirt, tan high-waisted pants that are rolled up, and black leather shoes. Think Newsy style. Honestly, the <laughs> like the amount of people that described the clothes that they saw their ghost wearing who said that it was a Newsies style, like that just shows our millennials so much because like we don't know what else to call it except Newsies. Like I could not tell you what year Newsies happened, but I could tell you what they were wearing. And that is exactly how I would describe it. Okay, sorry, I keep getting distracted. Think Newsies style. He comes over to the driver's side and I roll down my window and ask if he is all right. He is sweating and out of breath and shakes his head. Then he says, have you seen a little dog? My husband and I look at each other and tell him no. He tells us, my dog got loose and I need to find him. We say we haven't seen a dog, but we will keep an eye out. He looks to the other side of the street and suddenly a big black dog jumps on my car and starts pawing and slobbering inside my window. It's a big black lab and he is super excited and cute, but also scraping up the side of my car with his nails. So I roll up the window. He runs to the other side of the car and jumps once more, but then stops. My husband and I look at each other and he says, wait, is this the dog he's talking about? I'm like, no way. This is not a little dog. This all happens in about 10 seconds. I roll down my window to ask the boy if this is his dog, but he isn't there. We look in the rearview mirror. Nothing. He's gone. 
all of a sudden, the dog is gone too. I am low-key freaking out. I asked my husband what just happened, and he is at a loss for words. I love spooky things and the idea of seeing a ghost, but my husband has never believed in them. After that experience in Vermont, we both agreed that the little boy we saw was 100% a ghost child. It didn't feel scary when we saw him, but it was definitely a strange and sad feeling. I wonder what his deal is and how he died. I guess we will never know, but I hope he finds his dog. Okay, little kids... Matt and I have this talk sometimes like what is the scariest type of ghost to see a little kid, an adult or an old person. Honestly, I, I, I don't know. At first, I thought maybe an old woman would be the scariest. But then I realized that like in real life, middle aged men are my worst fear. So seeing a ghost of them would actually be a thousand times worse than anything I can imagine. So I think I'm going to go with like a middle aged dude. That would be the worst ghost. Like, you know, that they are, they're not here for a good reason. They are, you know, here for the wrong, <laughs> they're here for the wrong reasons. Sorry, I'm bachelor, getting into bachelor mode. Okay, next. When I was seven or eight, my grandma passed away. My mom and dad were cleaning out her house and had brought several boxes of her belongings to our house to sort through. Okay, I just want to say, you might be asking for it if you bring a dead lady's belongings into your house. I'm, I'm just saying. One night I woke up and saw a little girl sitting on the end of my bed facing away from me. I thought she was my sister, who was four years older than I am. I yelled at her, what are you doing? Get off my bed. The little girl did not move. I yelled at her again. She still didn't move. I grabbed a stuffed animal and threw it at her. It went right through her. She turned around slowly and looked at me. I realized it was not my sister. I started screaming hysterically and ran into my sister's room. My parents came running in and asked me what was wrong, and they tried to calm me down. I slept in my sister's bed that night, terrified. The next morning, as I was going through a box with my mom, I saw a picture of the little girl who I'd seen the night before. I started screaming, Mom, that's the girl who was in my room. She looked at me for a minute and said, This is your great-grandma when she was your age. Years later, when I was in college, I asked my mom if that really happened or if I just had a bad dream. She told me it absolutely happened. I asked her how she knew for sure, and she asked because I saw her that night too. <laughs> Yeah, I I fully believe that like, okay, again, no, I have no explanation. I have no reason why I believe this. It's just, it makes sense that when somebody dies, parts of them exist in their belongings, right? I mean, I'm not saying that they have horcruxes, but I'm just saying it's like they have horcruxes. I, I don't know. Am I, I might be really really losing a lot of you here. <laughs> like as I'm talking more and more about this, I feel like you guys are going to be like, we really, we thought you were stable. And then you started telling us how you believe in horcruxes in real life and we're not on board anymore. But it's just, it's what I feel. I feel like people exist in their things. Like if Matt died, I would, <laughs> I'm trying to think of an item that he would exist in. Like, I don't know, a breakfast burrito. He would be in it. I wonder if he heard me say that. Okay. So next, I used to work in a hospital. On one side of the unit, there was a room that was close to the nurse's station. So we usually put patients in that room that weren't necessarily a danger to themselves, but needed a little more supervision because they had medical problems. One night, my coworker was doing her rounds and peeked in to see if the patient staying in that particular room was doing okay. When she walked in, the patient was attempting to pull down the privacy curtain that separated the two beds in the room. This patient had vision impairments and was confused, so my coworker thought she might be trying to get the curtain out of her way because she couldn't really see what it was. 
My coworker asked why the patient was trying to get the curtains down, and she replied, The lady told me to take them down. Confused, my coworker asked what lady they were talking about. The patient replied, The lady in the big dress. My coworker figured the patient was just a little out of it, so she told the patient to go to bed and they would worry about the curtains in the morning. Throughout their stay, the patient tried several more times to get the curtain down. A couple months after the original patient left, another patient was staying in that same room. This patient had sustained severe head injuries and needed to be under close supervision with a staff member by their side at all times. The same coworker was sitting in their room late one night and the patient seemed agitated. Because of their injuries, the patient's jaw was wired shut and they could not talk. My coworker decided to get a whiteboard and a marker so the patient could write down what was bothering them. They wrote, I need you to take the curtain down. The lady says she needs it, but can't get it down for her. Can you do it? Oh, but I can't get it down for her. Can you do it? A chill ran down my coworker's spine as she remembered the patient from a couple months before. She asked what the lady looked like, and the patient told her, she has a big dress. When my coworker told me this story, I was shook to say the least. Almost a year later, I was retelling the story to a different coworker who hadn't worked there yet when those patients were in the hospital. As I told the story of the first patient, her face went white. She told me that another confused patient with a head, head injury had asked her to take the curtains in that room down a couple weeks earlier. That patient had also said that a lady in a Renaissance dress needed the curtains down. This coworker hadn't told anyone the story because she just thought the patient was confused or hallucinating. Both her and I were terrified and never went in that room again. I switched positions a few months later and now work for a different hospital. I've heard so many other spooky stories from things that have happened in places I've worked at, but this is the only one that I was even close to witnessing. I know it was long, but I hope it was worth it. Thanks for the podcast. Your content is always so amazing. Oh, just, you know, including some compliments to uh, lighten the mood. <sighs> okay, so this one, I mean, how do you even begin to deny that this happened? Three separate patients, the same description, and the same motive of the ghost. Like, you cannot make that up. That is so incredibly specific. A lady in a big dress needs the curtain down? Like that is way too specific to be a coincidence. My guess, if I were to kind of analyze what this ghost needs, I would think she died in there. She needs to sew something and she can't get the curtain down because she's made of ghost uh, fog or whatever they're made of. And she can't get the curtain down, but she would like it so she could make herself a new dress. That's just, that's what I like to tell myself. I don't know, hospitals, uh, retirement communities, graveyards, all just all fertile ground for spirits, I think. Like, do you ever hear about anybody getting haunted in a Target? Like, you never hear that. It's always at one of these places. So I'm just saying. Okay, here we go. It was the summer after my senior year of high school. And since I'm a white girl, I did a humanitarian trip to Guatemala. Hashtag basic, but no regrets. <laughs> we stayed at this hotel type house in, uh, I'm not going to know how to say this city. I should have looked it up. X-E-L-A, Zela, Zela, whatever, don't come for me. And everyone had a roommate. Well, I realized by about the third or fourth day that I had woken up at exactly 3.05 every single morning and I could see a white outline of a woman outside of our window. Two details need to be known here. We were on the second floor and it was a glowing type of white, not transparent, it was heavenly almost. Whenever I saw it, I always felt safer and like I was not in any harm. I didn't think much of it until I had until I had realized that by about the third or fourth day. I mentioned something to my roommate who mentioned she had been waking up at exactly 3.15 and seeing the exact same thing. 
She literally got up and pointed to where she saw it, same place. We looked at each other and thought it was probably just the moon in the window. We waited until that night to see if it was possible to see the moon shining through our window. Nope, no moon in sight. Not just that night, but the rest of the nights too. We thought it'd be fun to tell everyone the next day at lunch, but everyone else had creepy stories of hearing footsteps outside their door, running up and down the stairs and rocking chairs moving. We thought, weird, we never felt scared. Suddenly, one of the girls who was from Guatemala interrupted us and said, oh, is she brushing her hair? And we said, no. And she proceeded to tell us that every night she saw a woman brushing her hair outside of our bathroom. We think someone was watching over us to make sure nothing entered our room that could harm us. Whether you believe in prayer or not, I truly think my prayers kept us safe that trip. Yeah, this is what I mean by not, like sometimes I think they are literally just passing through. Sometimes I think these guys, their their universe just, just you know, kisses ours a little bit. We see them and they're like, whoops, sorry, just passing along. And then they continue. I don't think that they're always here to harm us. I do think if you go looking for anything scary, evil, possession, demonic, I think you will find it. I think that those things exist and they want to be found. And if you go looking for them, you find them. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. This is just, it just, it makes sense. These are too common and too specific and too well known to be like, yeah, that doesn't happen. But you know, it could happen in 200 years. They, we all just have, I don't know, worms in our brain. Okay, moving along. (laughs) When I was about 10 years old or so, I was homesick for, I was homesick from school with a fever and was being taken care of by my grandma. I was going in and out of napping but kept feeling like I was being watched. I then became aware I was being watched by these tall, dark black, creepy shadow figures. Okay, definitely shadow people. They would hover over me for a split second then fly away unhumanly fast to the corner of the room then drop through the floor only to return again a few minutes later. It had been going on for a few hours and I was getting so creeped out and felt like I was going crazy. How did you let this go on for a few hours? Like if I saw this for one single moment, I would burn the house down. I would burn it to the ground. Okay. Uh, I was creeped out, felt like I was going crazy. So I called out to my grandma telling her and told her about them. I told her I must be hallucinating from my fever or something. This is when, I kid you not, my grandma leaned down, kissed my forehead, patted me on the head and said, don't worry, I see them too. They won't hurt you. I'm sorry, what? At this point, the shadows all gathered around her and dropped straight through the floor, disappearing. She then said, rest now, they are gone. What? I was left so confused and too terrified to move, nap, or speak. A few days later, I mustered up enough courage to ask my grandma about the shadow situation. I walked into her room and said, hey, grandma, I was just seeing things that day because I was sick, right? There weren't any shadows. Chalking it up to the fever, medicine, anything. She said, oh, no, honey, I see them all the time. And that was that. We never spoke of it again. Why would your grandma agree? <laughs> I feel like she should, even if she saw him, she should have been like, no, absolutely not. You were 10 years old. I would be so pissed if my grandma was like, yep, they're here. They're here, 10 year old Maddie. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I would be so, so, so scared. Oh, <sighs> okay. Continuing on. I hope you're all doing okay. If you need to take a little break, you know, listen to some. I don't know, Backstreet Boys. That was just the first thing that came into my mind that could cheer me up. Okay. Hey, Maddie, I have quite the story to share. The story of my time with Ronald Shumway. In the fall of 2014, I was house sitting for a friend of a friend who was going to Germany for two weeks and needed someone to stay with his bloodhound, Lucy. First of all, bloodhound? Is that not like the scariest, most beastly name? A bloodhound? Like, that's so scary. 
I'm sure she was super sweet. Her name's Lucy. Like, Lucy, any, any animal named Lucy is, like, is tender, I feel. I remember on the day that I went over to meet Lucy and see if it was a good match, her owner mentioned that the house next door was being renovated, so as a forewarning, it was pretty noisy during the day. About four days into the house slash Lucy sitting, which had been pretty relaxed, I get a call from her owner asking me why there are Dallas CSI vans in front of his house along with a slew of police and fire trucks. He is currently watching the local news from Germany and was worried about Lucy. I was still at school. I'm a high school art teacher, but I would call him as soon as I got to his house and could figure out what was going on. I got home and tried to talk to somebody, but all of the noise that was going on from the house that was, but there was a ton of noise going on from the house that was being renovated. And I wasn't allowed to talk to anyone because it was an ongoing crime scene. Tell me more. Now I was ever more curious. So I go back into the house and try to do my own investigative work while back at the house, Lucy. Oh, while back at the house, Lucy was acting super strange. She would bark down the hall, refuse to go into her owner's bed, which I couldn't get her out of before. I think she missed his scent, so she'd hide in his closet. She was nervously sitting by me all evening. Later that night, I could hear someone walking down the hallway pacing. When I got up, like the independent single lady badass that I am to check on what is going on and if I would come face to face with an intruder, I get up to find Lucy nose deep in a box of graham crackers. But how did she get them? They were on the top shelf of a childproof pantry. I grabbed the box and went back to bed. Later that night, I woke up and all of the lights in the house were turned on, along with the gas stove. That's right. Every single gas burner was on. In the morning, my grams called me. She would call me every morning to make sure I woke up on time because being an adult is hard. (laughs) I mentioned to her the events of the night before, and she says, that's because they found a body in the house next door of the house you're watching. And I'm like, what? Grams, how do you know that? Okay, so apparently the contractors renovating the house next door to flip were remodeling the backyard and there was a slab of concrete in the back that didn't quite fit or even match the rest of the of the backyard. So when they broke it up, they found the body of 57-year-old Ronald Shumway, the owner of the home. So who sold the home, you ask? Shumway had befriended a 45-year-old weirdo by the name of Christopher Brian Colbert. I think it's Colbert. I don't know if it's Colbert, like Stephen Colbert or Colbert. I'm just going to say Colbert. At, can you guess it, church. The two had met at church. Shumway was a lonely guy and invited Colbert to move in with him. Colbert was a starving artist and had recently had a bit of a rough patch. Colbert spent two months living with Shumway, adopting his habits and gaining his trust. One evening, the two men got into a drunken argument, and that's where Colbert strangled Shumway. The next day, Colbert goes to a Fort Worth Home Depot to buy cement and bury Shumway in his own backyard. Colbert then sells the house as fast as possible, posting on Shumway's Facebook profile that he was going to go away for a while, so no one should get worried if they don't hear from him. Colbert steals his identity and books it to Florida. Fast forward two months, and I am house-sitting at the house next door, trying to figure out all of the happenings suddenly going on at this house I am staying at. The next night, I wake up to a bunch of banging from the kitchen, and when I get up to check on what is happening, all of the kitchen drawers and cabinets are open, and all of the lights have been turned on again. At this point, I am absolutely terrified, but I am stubborn, so I try to keep it cool. The next morning, I am driving to work on the phone with my grams, and she says that she has some holy water, and she will come stay the night with me to make to feel it out for herself. My grams was a diehard Catholic and my OG badass independent single lady role model. Yes, grams. That night, she blessed the house, and I think she pissed off Shumway's ghost because that was the worst night at the house. I woke up around three in the morning and felt like there was someone hovering over me, not touching me, but I could definitely feel a heaviness. Needless to say, Lucy and I spent the rest of our time together at my Graham's house. A year and a half later, Lucy's owner asked me if I was free to house sit for him again. I told him I would come over and talk logistics. I really just wanted to see if I was scared of the house still. 
The house felt much lighter. Plus, I figured if Shumway was going to be haunting anyone, it would be Colbert, who was awaiting trial at the Dallas County Jail. It had taken them six months to find him. After he had sold the house, he fled to Florida. And when he was, and let's see, let me reread that sentence. After selling the house, he fled to Florida. And when he found out that they had found Shumway's body, he made his way cross country to California. I agreed to watch Lucy again, and I had my Graham stay with me there, this time as a staycation for her. My Grams had just been diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer, and I had been with her for an entire week at the hospital recovering from brain surgery. Oh my gosh. Uh, Funny story, while we were staying at the house the second time around, I had my semi-new boyfriend at the time come over. While he was over, I told him the story of Mr. Shumway, and he said that all the spooky stuff that happened was all in my head. At that moment, someone started knocking on the entirely glass back door glass back door and we looked up and nobody was there he immediately insists we take lucy for a walk to get out of the house needless to say if you can't be as brave as me and my grams then you can't get with me and shout out to the mr shumway for helping me decide on whether or not i should break up with that guy i like to think that's who knocked on the back door (laughs) stay sexy and don't get murdered which i know is from my favorite murder uh or just don't ask randoms from church to move in with you cheers (laughs) okay so this story I, I was like, there has to be a news article about this because this seems so incredibly wild. Oh, there absolutely is. There are you can look you can look up this case. This is as real as can be. So this guy, Christopher Colbert, Colbert, whatever, he yeah, killed this guy, buried him in the backyard. He did a, a bunch of identity theft, took his license, superimposed his face on it, fled the state, whatever it was. It is crazy. It, I cannot believe, like, I can't believe this was not national news because this is insane. So she was staying in this house next door. Shumway, who had just been found, probably came over, didn't really know where to go. He was feeling a little dizzy. He was under some concrete for a while. And then finally he was like, oh, did you guys hear that noise when I said that? I, I don't know if that was something in my apartment or upstairs. Oh my gosh, that scared me. Okay. So anyways, he didn't know where Colbert was. He was looking around. He probably left when the holy water came out and then he found him. Hopefully he's haunting that guy's life forever because I mean, if I got murdered, I would definitely try and ruin the life of my murderer. Okay. Well, rest in peace, Robert Shumway. Robert? Ronald. Ronald Shumway. Hope you're doing good. I hope that you have found justice. Okay. Next. She starts it off by saying, we can see ghosts and are 99% sure we're witches. Honestly, the fact that I have a witch that follows me and that submitted a story ups my, you know, street cred 1000%. I do. Okay. Side note. If you're on TikTok, are you guys on witch talk? Do you guys see the witches on TikTok like performing their spells? It is truly the highlight of my day. I want to meet a witch. If you are a witch, let me know. I'd like to hang out. Um, Just, yeah, just let me know. Okay. Continuing. So allegedly my family descends from Salem witches. So I have about a million stories of weird things happening to me and my family, but I'll just tell you a few and try to keep it short and sweet. By the way, you guys never have to keep it short and sweet. I got nothing but time for you guys. My great-grandma could literally dream the future, stop watches and clocks by looking at them, and actually tell you if someone was pregnant, when they were going to have the baby, what its name and gender were going to be, all just by touching their hand, even if they didn't know they were pregnant yet. So as you can imagine, family parties were a hoot. This is a whole thing on its own, but I'll just use it as a preface for what happens to me, my mom, and my sister. 
So I always have had super weird, vivid dreams. I put this in air quotes because they happen when I'm awake and play out right in front of me in the room I'm sleeping in. It starts when I'm asleep, then I wake during the dream and it keeps going like it's happening in front of me. I can see people or things fighting, crying, talking, walking around, etc. It gets worse when I'm in a new place like a hotel or something than when I'm at my parents. A few years ago, I moved to a new place with some of my friends and I had this dream about five times a week for the first six months of living there. That there was a man with a red beard staring at me through my window all night long. Just to set the stage, my room was in the basement of our 1930s home. I just had a tiny window in my room in order to see in. Sorry. And in order to see in, someone would literally have to be on their hands and knees with their head in the window well behind a bush. I was... uh. I was able to see him clear as day when I was first asleep. Then I'd wake up and I could still see him when I was awake. I'd wake my boyfriend up and obviously be scared saying things like, babe, there's someone watching us. And he'd say stuff like, no one's there. I don't see anything. You're just dreaming. But after it kept happening, I just double checked that my boyfriend still couldn't see him. (laughs) Well, needless to say, I moved. We were, yeah, like GTFO. If you're seeing a face in your window, well, I would GTFO. So, We were talking about this at dinner one night with my family and my brother-in-law said, yeah, that same thing happens to your sister. I wake up in the middle of the night and she's rocking, quote unquote, the baby to sleep. She even grabs a blanket and makes it a swaddle. I've reached around to make sure she's not actually holding anything. And eventually she drops the blanket and lays back down to go to bed. This is where my sister says, yeah, I see the baby that needs my help. I just want to rock it back to sleep. Um, Okay. Then my dad said, oh, your mom does stuff like this all the time. She'll be fully awake and say, can you see the guy walking back and forth outside our door? My dad can't ever see anyone. My mom said it's worse if she closes the door because she can see shadows shifting under the door, which I guess scares her more. So yeah, we all made it 19 years without talking about this and learned that it runs in the family. This is just one of many stories, but I'm pretty sure we see dead people. Yes. So this is what I'm saying that I truly do think that, I don't know. I just, I think some people are closer to this. I don't know. I can't ever tell if I, if I wish I was, or I'm glad I'm not. I I don't know, but just it, it seems it's, it's too weird. You guys, it's too weird to just, to just brush off. This stuff is happening. Um, Okay. Let's keep it going. Okay. This one is from my hometown, Salt Lake. Well, not my hometown, but where I live in Salt Lake. She says, my fa- my well, my parents own a small chocolate company in Salt Lake. Every year around Christmas, they rent out an extra building from October to January because it's their busiest season. A few years ago, they rented an old house in downtown Salt Lake City. As my mom was moving, she met the last renter of the space because she was still moving out. This lady ran a small flower shop out of the space. We'll call the last renter Amy. My mom asked Amy why she was moving out of the space, and she said, well, it's because this place is haunted (laughs) by the woman who used to own the house, and they did not get along, so it was time for her to go. She went on to tell her that the ghost's name was Mary, and she owned the home in the early 1900s. As Amy left, she told my mom that Mary pushed her down the stairs, so watch out and never go down into the cellar. Creepy. My mom was spooked, but after a few days, didn't think much of it. Then one day in December, there was an insane snowstorm. Power lines down everywhere and the streets were covered in ice. There was not a soul on the street because it was way too scary to be driving. Suddenly, an old lady in a ball gown walked through the door, walked straight up to my mom and says, Hi, I'm Mary. What's your name? My mom tells her and Mary starts walking around and inspecting the house and my mom's products. She kept asking her all these weird questions and switching from the first and third person. She says, so did you meet Amy, the last tenant here? We didn't get along very well. She thought I pushed her down the stairs, but I didn't. Oh, I mean, she thought the ghost pushed her down the stairs. (laughs) 
She's like, wasn't me. Uh, She goes on and on about how, quote unquote, we used to have the most amazing parties in this house in the 20s and how things just aren't the same anymore. Then she says, whatever you do, don't go down into the cellar. It's not safe for you there. Anyway, at the end of the conversation, Mary goes, I get a good vibe from you. You can stay in my, I mean, this house. And she leaves without buying anything. My mom went out into the parking lot a minute later because she never saw this lady pull out and wanted to make sure she was okay. The parking lot was empty and there were no tire tracks in the snow. This is what I'm saying. They stay where they either died or like where they liked hanging out. I don't know. I feel like if I was dead, I would want to hang out at my mom's house or somewhere. Like I would definitely haunt, like just somewhere I can relax. So, I mean, it makes sense that the ghost liked the chocolate shop over a flower shop because chocolate's better. Also, I want to know what the chocolate story is because I want to go. And I also might want to meet Mary. I don't know. Am I like, do I want to meet a ghost? Do I not? I can't ever tell. Okay, here we go. Oh, this one's a little bit shorter. Let me just tell you a quick little, little story. My aunt and uncle had their first child in this ranch style home with a finished basement. This is like late 1990s. After putting him to bed, they would go downstairs with the monitor. My cousin would sometimes sing himself to sleep. One night he was singing a song they had never heard before. Mind you, they did no TV or radio unsupervised, so they would know what he was hearing. Minimal technology, 1990s. After he would sing this for a few nights, he out of the blue says, I don't want you to sing to me anymore. (gasps) Can you imagine hearing that on the baby monitor? Can you imagine hearing your child say that on the baby monitor? My aunt goes up to him and asks, what are you singing? He says, you know, that song they always sing to me at night. Big yikes. I'm telling you guys, kids, this is another thing Dan Cummins said. I'm just totally like taking all of his lines. But kids are so, kids and old people are so scary because they are typically like the like least dangerous people in society. Like though they are the people you can reliably count on to be safe. So when they do scary things, it's like, ultra mega scary, you know? Okay. Sorry. I'm scrolling through all of these because I have a couple more, of course. Okay. I personally have been blessed to never have had a visual encounter with a supernatural being, but I have stayed amongst the presence of one. Let me explain. One Thanksgiving, I went alone to my grandma's house in Idaho because I was going to college a couple of states away from my hometown and didn't have the time or money to go home. That Thanksgiving, my grandma and grandpa invited one of their widowed friends to come join us for Thanksgiving dinner. During the dinner, this lady would randomly jump as if she was startled and would say things like, there's a man hitting his hand on the back of your chair while pointing her finger directly at my grandpa. Or she would stop someone mid-sentence, startled again and say, he's yelling and he keeps pounding the back of your chair. This lady looked and acted like a nut job, so I just brushed it off. Once she finally left, I started making fun of her to my grandma. I commented how I thought she was a weirdo and what the heck was her deal pointing out the man behind my grandpa. My grandma looked at me and said, Well, we have a male presence in the house. He's never seemed disturbed and I feel him most when I do my genealogy work. My grandma could be a bit far-fetched about life, so I just brushed her comment off, but it stuck a little bit more than the crazy older friend of hers. I love that he shows up when she does genealogy. He's like, make sure you get my daughter Cindy in there. Okay. Some people forget her. Um, I called my mom later that night and recounted everything to her. I told her what my grandma had said regarding the ghost of the man in the house and how that was really weird. My mom's response is what finally gave me the chills. She said that it was true. Both of my aunts have seen in person and within a 10 year span, the man whose presence lived in that house. 
About 30 years ago, my oldest aunt was home from college and opened her closet, and the ghost of a man was standing there staring at her in the closet. She told my grandma about it immediately, but my grandma just replied, Oh, yes, he's moved some things around the house, but he's harmless. It'll be fine. So nothing was done about it. How do people remain calm? How do you just say, yeah, it's a bummer. He like moves my stuff, but whatever. About 15 years ago, my youngest aunt woke up in the middle of the night because her newborn baby girl was crying in the other room. When she opened the door to her room, she saw a man dressed in a dark suit and a top hat bending over my baby cousin who was crying. She freaked out, grabbed her daughter and ran back to her room. Oh, okay. The next day she laid on it. She laid it on my grandmother and told her that she had better get the house blessed and get rid of the ghost or she was never going to bring her children to my grandma's house again. My grandma finally complied and got some men from her church to bless the house. So who knows if that whack lady at Thanksgiving dinner was really, or let's see, who knows if that whack lady at Thanksgiving dinner that night I was there with really saw him. It could have been visit number three from the male ghost with a top hat. I was freaked out the rest of the weekend. <laughs> that one, that one actually anything like a man in a top hat. He's never up to anything good. That guy is, is up to something. I do not care for him one bit. I do not want to see a little boy in a news cap, a woman in a ball gown or a dude in a top hat. Those are just my three ghosts. I would very much like to stay away from. Okay. The summer before I moved to Utah for college, me and about five or six other friends were driving to the 17-mile caves in Idaho Falls. You drive basically to the middle of nowhere, and the entrance to the cave is a really giant hole in the ground right off the road. It's impossible to miss. On our way to the caves, we're all setting the spooky mood and telling different ghost stories from people we knew. I had a friend whose house is legit haunted, like piano that plays in the middle of the night, the screen on your phone shatters, pictures of ghosts in old clothes, literally staring at you in pictures from her pool pictures let's see hold on pictures of ghosts in old clothes literally staring at you in pictures at her pool from the guest house scary crap like that oh okay uh and she was telling all of her scary stories outside on our way to the caves it starts pouring rain as we all keep sharing ghosts slash paranormal stories it gets rainier on our way to the caves and we can barely see while we're driving we try to pull into the turnoff off the road, but genuinely we can't find the cave entrance anywhere. We decide to come back the next day and head home. So day two, we have a couple more people with us. We drive out to the caves and being superstitious, decide not to share any scary stories this time. We find the entrance, no problem, and are all confused that we couldn't find the entrance the night before. My friends jump in first and we all start going through the caves with our flashlights. Like caves? Why caves? Why do you guys like these activities? I do not get you. Then we see small bits of light about 15 feet ahead. We walk closer and we see a pentagram on the ground with candles dotting all the corners. In the middle of the pentagram is this tiny animal that's obviously been killed and placed in the middle. She thinks it was a bat. Half the candles have gone out, but it had, been, but it had easily been done the night before when we were driving to the caves. I turned around and immediately started to make my way out but one of my friends stuck around to investigate. While he was standing at the edge of the pentagram, possibly in it, not sure, he felt someone touch him and everyone else was on the opposite side of the cave. He booked it out of there and we all went home feeling super lucky that we hadn't stumbled in on whatever ritual had gone on the night before. <gasps> Anything pentagrams. I mean, count me TF out. Absolutely. I will not be messing with pentagrams in this life or the next. Thank you very much. Okay, where are we at? Are we ready for this final story? Okay. So she says, hello, you wonderful lady. Hello. I just like to include these compliments. Um, they just make me feel good. 
I saw you post a prompt on IG for people with ghost stories to write in. This is a story I usually reserve for close friends who I know will not ridicule me endlessly. However, yours is the only podcast in the world I can tolerate. I absolutely adore you and I can't think of a better way to out myself as, (laughs) I don't want to give away what she's talking about, but uh, a better way to out myself than on the bad broadcast. I'm already anticipating your reaction to the story and I am screaming. I have no idea if this is even appropriate for your podcast, but I'll try to keep it PG-13, okay? As will I. I have edited this a li- like a little bit because it gets, yeah, you guys are just going to have to listen. So back when I was 19 or 20, I was home from college for Thanksgiving break back in my hometown in Illinois. I was taking a nap in one of the chairs in our living room with my feet up on an ottoman. I know you love details. You guys know me. You get me. It was around sunset time, and I remember opening my eyes from the nap and not being able to move. Most people would identify this as sleep paralysis. I could see everything around me as if I were awake, but I had no control over my body except for my eyes. I had never had sleep paralysis before, and I've never had it since, but I realized what was happening to me pretty quickly. Surprisingly, I did not feel any anxiety at all. I just kind of laid there accepting what was happening, very out of character for me, being 10 out of 10 anxious. I look into the corner of the room, and I see a woman appear. She's completely gray almost looks dusty, face gray, clothes gray, hair gray. She looks about 30 to 35. She's wearing full Victorian garb, complete with a hat, dress, and bustle. Yes, honey, we love costuming. Somehow, and I have no idea how, but I was not scared at all. I immediately knew this lady was a ghost and somehow at the same time had this insane feeling of complete peace and safety wash over me. Truly felt tranquil AF. (laughs) A few details. The house I grew up in is a Victorian home and my town is pretty freaking old. Also, I knew this was for real and not a dream because in my dreams, she would have been way hotter. (laughs) She definitely was not 2000s hot, okay? She was a plain Jane, as some would say. She really had nothing spectacular about her looks wise. This will make sense. Anyway, this Victorian ghost mama comes walking slowly towards me with this very friendly, peaceful smile on her face. I somehow knew she had no intention of hurting me. Still cannot move my body, by the way. She then comes to me, kneels down in front of the ottoman that my legs are up on, and proceeds to do, okay, this is what I this is what I had to edit, but you guys know where I'm going with this. I can typically leave details out and know, and you guys will get what I mean, but uh, this woman uh, did something to the girl who sent this story in that was um, um, pleasurable. <laughs> Listen when I say this. This old lady knew exactly what she was doing. Didn't even introduce herself, but I was somehow cool with it. I truly have never had a lover since whose skill compared to my Victorian phantom mistress. Wowzers. It was my impulse to make noise, obviously, but then I realized I could see my mother in the next room drinking her coffee and getting started to and getting started on dinner. I could see her moving around, hearing the pots, etc. I realized that I needed to be quiet or she would think I was having some wild sex dream and I would be super embarrassed. How could I have explained that I was just getting jiggy with a ghost? I'm trying to keep real quiet. Me and Ghosty wrap it up, if you know what I'm saying. She hit a home run. She stands my gosh, I hope my mom does not listen to this. Uh, she stands up, give me, gives me one last sweet, peaceful smile and fades backwards into the corner from whence she came. After what felt like a minute or so, I could slowly start to move my body again and got up, went to the fridge for some water to rehydrate after that wild ride and smiled awkwardly at my mom, trying to gauge if she had heard anything. I think she was clueless. 
Anyway, that's my insane ghost story. I have never had another encounter with a ghost since then, and I swear I would not fake this. I think maybe because I was in a state of sleep paralysis between sleeping and being awake, I was more sensitive and susceptible to encountering a spirit. Or like she felt more chill making herself known to me, I have no idea. But I hope she's doing well, and I'd like to thank her for giving me some wonderful afternoon delight. I'm assuming you had to hide that back in the Victorian days, so I'm glad she enjoyed herself. There we go. The tale in writing, I'm exposing myself and my paranormal sextivity. <laughs> okay, I, I have to tell you guys, I I get a good amount of stories. I read every single one. Very rarely do I have a story that leaves me as speechless as this story left me. I read it right before we went to dinner right before we went to Matt's birthday dinner at like a nice restaurant. And for, I mean, since then, it's now been days. I have not stopped thinking about this. It has affected me so deeply. I even email, I never email people back just because I don't, like I would, it would take too much time, but I emailed her back and I concluded that this truly was the most wild story I've ever heard. Like I couldn't, the, the, Subject line was, I had sex with a ghost. Like, I wasn't about to not listen. I was not about to not tell that story. So, I really hope you guys took my advice at the beginning of the episode and did not let your kids listen to this. Uh, I am not responsible for any psychological trauma. I warned you about the murder and that things were going to get sexy, okay? So, I hope you guys loved this, are not too freaked out. I'm scared. Let me just check. Okay, nobody's behind me. We are going to keep up the the spookiness all month. If you guys have any more of these stories, please send them my way. I think we'll probably do like a segment along with the Dum Dum Club check-ins, uh, which will now be, I don't think I ever really like announced it, but I think we will be doing Dum Dum Club check-ins pr- once, maybe twice a month, um, just so they're not taking up so much time of the episodes. So thank you for listening. Please, please, please go subscribe, rate, review, share this on Instagram, Twitter, wherever, whatever your your social media of choice is. And I love you so very much. Please be safe. Uh, keep it spooky. Uh, I wonder, you know what, actually, I should just brainstorm this before I go. I'm, I'm deciding if I should name this the Bood Broadcast, this episode, or the Bat broadcast. I think booed broadcast is better. I think that's way spookier. I was thinking bat, like, you know, like the animal, like a bat. Uh, but I think I'm going to go booed broadcast. Hopefully that made it to the episode. So I love you all. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. Bye.